In this episode, I respond to a student's question about endings, specifically when dreams we have with our horses come to an end. This might be more about life lessons than horse lessons, but isn't it always horses who cause us to strive to be our best? So here we go, episode 140, Endings. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I often get emails uh, with people suggesting topics for the podcast, and I do appreciate it. So keep them coming. And when this one came in, I initially thought, oh, that's, I mean, I could relate to it, but I thought, oh, it's not, you know, horsey enough or horse training enough. But I kept revisiting it. And I, I really felt like I could feel for the, for what's written in this question. And I thought, gosh, if I can feel for it, I know others are thinking and experiencing the same things. And, you know, maybe I can share my thoughts and maybe it'll help even just one person, uh, navigate this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) So it was sent in from a woman named Laura And I think I'll just read the email. It's so beautifully written. And um, I, I appreciate her vulnerability in sharing this and reaching out to help. So I want to encourage that because I think community is so important. And the community within uh, Dressage Naturally and this podcast, from what I've experienced with the people that I've met that have connected with how I teach and what I do, um, I've just been so touched by it. So I hope this this brings um, some clarity and some help with this subject. So I'll just start by reading the email. She says, Hi, Team DN. I have a possible topic for the pod. In my late 30s, I decided to make my lifelong dream to have horses come true. And that was two decades ago, and it really has been a dream come true, thanks in no small part to Dressage Naturally. Some disabling health events over the past few years are forcing me to confront something I've never thought about in a concrete way, that my horse dream, or at least as I've conceived and enjoyed it, may need to come to an end. I'm a rural black backyard horse owner, and I don't have any horsey friends to process with, nor have I found much on the internet, even though every horse person's story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. What do these endings look like, especially for heart-centered horse people for whom horses are much more than a casual affair? This is a soul-searching question for me. I've literally built my life around having horses, and now it may be that I need to move on from them entirely. I can't even believe I'm writing that. At the moment, I'm consoling myself with thoughts of downsizing or rehoming my riding horse and seeing if I can continue the journey with my minis. But even that would be an enormous change from the horse life I'd hoped to live for so many years to come. 
So Karen, I'm wondering if you would consider talking about endings. I know this falls under life coaching more than horsemanship, but you're just as good at the former as the latter. I'm also aware that this topic isn't necessarily good for business and would understand completely if you don't take it on. Basically, this is a selfish ask, just knowing I'm not the only person to face unexpected and unwelcome difficult decisions about my horse life would be a great source of relief and comfort. I'm sure others in my situation would be grateful for your thoughts and wisdom as well. Laura. So you can see, I mean, what a beautiful writer <laughs> Laura is. And you can see why, even though I initially read it and I felt for her, I thought, oh, maybe maybe it's not such a great podcast episode. Not because it's quote unquote bad for business. I don't really think of it that way. But I wasn't sure that maybe I was good enough to answer it. It felt feels like a big, a big subject. But then again, you know, I've been in this horse business and in this animal world and think about self-development and how to be the best human I can be. And I was really touched by the request and to think that I, I could speak to this. So <laughs> the first thing that I as I started taking some notes and thinking about what I was going to say, I thought, gosh, it's going to be really hard to talk about this without sounding, you know, too cliche at times, you know, the every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end kind of thing. And I can definitely relate. I mean, I'm uh, 50. What am I? I think I, I just turned 58. So I'm 58 years old. And so for sure, I've felt the gradual march <laughs> towards more endings, right? So sometimes they're they're sudden and distinct and sometimes it's gradual. You know, my back is more precarious and so I've sort of made a promise to myself that I'm not going to ride other people's horses anymore. I'm going to save every bit of wear and tear for my own horses. But that was felt like an ending. It felt like a part of my life with horses that I'm never going to get back. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> that wear and tear is not going to go away. And noticing the types of horses that I'll ride or not ride, the type of training issues or moments that I'll ride out <laughs> on a horse or deal with. And so I think we can all relate to this idea that things are changing and there's things that we all can't do anymore and just sometimes it's it's dramatic because it, it happens more distinctly instead of just gradually. So I think when I think about it, I think about every moment is having a beginning and a middle and an end. So it's kind of the, the first thing I think about is how am I measuring time, right? Is it just in, is it in like decades? Is it in, in seasons? Is it in just moment by moment by moment? You know, it's like I was young and then, you know, now I used to compete. Now I don't, you know, that's a huge block of time. I used to be able to ride anything. Now I'm more selective. <laughs> so these, we can measure it in big chunks of time. But if we, for me, if I dial it back, like there's, there's so many moments happening and, and every moment has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So 
endings are really natural and they're kind of always happening. So I th- that's the first thing I, I think of is just change how I'm measuring time. Otherwise, it's like, oh, well, there, there were the first 30 years of my life, and then there's the second 30 years of my life, and <laughs> I have a long list of things that I can't do in the second half that I could do in the first half, and that seems really uh, more depressing that way. <laughs> but if I think about every, you know, every moment, every experience, it somehow changes it. So I'll just kind of throw that out there at first. And... You know, an ending in, in with horses could be, like you said, it could be, you know, the ending of a dream because of injury or health issue. It could be financial issue. It could be from an injury or health issue of our horse. Or it could be, you know, that slow realization that the horse, you know, that what the horse wants to do or can do or likes to do doesn't match the vision that we had originally when we bought him. I mean, there can be so many reasons for something ending. And one of the one of the first things I wanted to comment about um, was when Laura said um, that she doesn't, what did she say? I don't have horsey friends to process with. And I want to just say, you know, with the Dressage Naturally community, especially inside like the Facebook groups for the courses, the Sweet Spot course or the Upward Spiral course or in the Facebook for the video classroom, you're going to find some pretty amazing people. If there's one thing that I'm actually quite proud of, it's the, the ability to gather people around what I teach. And I have met so many amazing people and I've seen people make amazing connections. So I know that, you know, a Facebook friend or, you know, is not really necessarily a real friend in real life. However, Facebook, if people have gathered on Facebook around dressage naturally, around what I teach, around this heart-centered horsemanship, it might be a place where you can make a first contact with someone who could actually be a friend. And probably after this podcast airs, you know, if you like to be in the group and say, hey, remember that podcast episode number 140? That was me. You know, I tempt you to do that inside those groups. And you know, I am uh, very dedicated to keeping those forums very safe um, learning environments for anybody. So, um, feel free to to use that because there are some very amazing individuals in there. So reach out. Now, back to the endings. So much in life is like, what do I do? And then how do I think about it? Right? So I'm, I'm often, you know, you have to play with both of those, right? Love it or change it, change how you're thinking about it, or change what you're actually doing it, doing about it. So one way that I reframe it is to see things less as endings and more as simply changes. So it might feel a little bit semantic at first, but in my mind, it really changes something. So a beginning is a change. Going through the middle is a series of changes. Getting to the end is a change. And then ending 
and beginning something new is a change. So if I see it that way, then it's about dealing with change. And, you know, we get lots of practice with that. And that maybe we can apply some of that practice to endings, which often can seem uh, harder or more sad. But, you know, I think endings are not necessarily bad. Just sometimes they are. (laughs) Sometimes it's, it's good things end. And sometimes good things can come out of endings that we can't imagine yet. So I think about life being a river, right? It's always moving. And to expect it not to change is, I think, misguided. So it's not a stagnant pond where it's like, okay, I like this, now everything's going to stay. We expect it to change. Of course it's going to change. And endings are one of those changes that could happen, right? We're either moving down the river, so we're moving, and the scenery that we're looking at is changing. Some changes we're going to notice more than others. Some changes we're going to agree with more than others. Some we're in a lot more control of. And sometimes we can just end something because we want to. And some endings and changes we seem to have not much choice in. With some things that change, maybe the change is in, in <laughs> maybe the change is inevitable, but we can sort of shape the change as it's happening. And no matter what the change is, we always have one opportunity, and that's to be in charge of our attitude about the change. I know, cliche. I'll give you another one. Easier said than done. Because here's the thing. Circumstances arise and some of them just suck. They aren't what we want. They don't match the vision we have for ourselves. We have to let go of some things. And when we have to do that, we're going to feel grief, real grief over changes of circumstance. And we're going to need to go through the same stages of grief over the loss of a long-term dream, the same as we would over the loss for a long-time friend right? There's going to be denial. There's going to be anger. There's going to be bargaining. There's going to be depression. And then there's going to be acceptance. So I think of Michael Singer and his quote, surrender to the moment that's unfolding in front of us. That quote has many occasions to be pushed into the front of my mind. And often I utter that to myself with my teeth clenched. (laughs) I'm going to surrender to the moment that's unfolding in front of me. (laughs) I'm saying the words, but man, that's so hard to do. But here's the thing. At 58, I've lived long enough to observe people as well as my own life. And one thing that I have noticed is that there seems to be there's more chronic pain that ultimately comes from the resistance of change that is happening more than it comes from change itself. And whether that's from holding on to a future vision that simply can't happen or from denying a reality or resisting everything every step of the way. And I don't mean that we shouldn't fight for our goals sometimes, that we shouldn't strive and work hard and overcome obstacles. 
but there's a middle ground between resisting reality and just giving up on everything. And that's where the messy middle of life exists. And that's what we all have to figure out. It's that middle where we gracefully navigate the moment that's unfolding in front of us. And from that place, we'll make decisions where we can breathe into it instead of bracing against it. It's in that place that we can see more options and more choices. In a state of brace, things seem binary, yes or no, black or white. And in a state of grace, we can love more and create more. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Sometimes to create, we have to do what's called bricolage, right? So bricolage is a French word and it means sort of like do it yourself. It's often used in an art context, and it means that you use a diverse range of sort of non-traditional art materials, often found objects that are in your environment. It can, bricolage is about making do by applying combinations of the resources at hand to new problems and opportunities. Bricolage takes objects that have been used before and reorganizes them with a new perspective. Uh, there's a book that I absolutely love. It's called um, Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. And in that book, he says, what can save us is our knowledge that true creativity arises from bricolage, from working with whatever odd assortment of funny shaped materials we have at hand. So from this acceptance of the place where you are and in honor of the changes in front of you, what can you create? What can you create with what you have? It will for sure be different. And if it gracefully honors where you really are, perhaps it's more perfect than the brace of holding on to something that can no longer work. And, you know, to bring it back to your horses, to trust that in that place of grace, that simple elegance of courteous goodwill, where we do honor or credit to something or someone by our presence, that in that place of grace, you will make the best decisions 
for your animals and yourself. Of course you will, because you're heart-centered. And because horses are, how did you put it? Much more than a casual affair. You will make good decisions because it hurts so much now. If it didn't hurt, it would mean you don't care. And that hurts coming from what I call like love sadness. (laughs) It's the sadness that we only feel when we love something so much. And how lucky are we who can love something so much. And as you're creating in this state of grace and surrender, know that there are always more than two choices. If you don't like the choices you see, keep looking. You might be surprised by some options that arise. So you're going to want to practice this. I mean, we all need to practice this process because as Sam Cooke said, change going to come, right? Things are changing. Some of them are beginnings. If it's a beginning, something else ended. (laughs) And if it's an ending, something else is beginning. We're all going to have to make decisions for ourselves. And those decisions are going to involve people and animals we love. We have to learn how to be our best at these moments of change, especially for the animals, because they have few choices. And I want to close out this episode by reading a passage from Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, which I highly recommend. So this is, I'm going to read from a couple sections. They jump around. It's about a paragraph or two. Hopefully that's okay within copyright laws. I think you're allowed to read just a paragraph or two. So Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. If life does something that causes a disturbance inside you, instead of pulling away, let it pass through you like the wind. Relax your heart until you're actually face-to-face with the exact place where it hurts. Stay open and receptive so you can be present right where the tension is. You must be willing to be present right at the place of tightness and pain, and then relax and go even deeper. This is the very deep growth and transformation. But you will not want to do this. You will feel tremendous resistance to doing this. And that's what makes it so powerful. As you relax and feel the resistance, the heart will want to pull away, to close, to protect, to defend itself. Keep relaxing. Relax your shoulders and relax your heart. Let go and give room for the pain to pass through you. It's just energy. Just see it as energy and let go. This is the core of spiritual work. When you're comfortable with the pain passing through you, you will be free. This world will never be able to bother you again because the worst the world can do is to hit the pain stored within you. If you do not care, if you are no longer afraid of yourself, you are free. 
You will then be able to walk through this world more vibrant and alive than ever before. You will feel everything at a deeper level. You will begin to have truly beautiful experiences rise up within you. Eventually, you will understand that there's an ocean of love behind all this fear and pain. That force will sustain you by feeding your heart from deep within. Over time, you'll form an intensely personal relationship with this beautiful inner force. It will replace the relationship you currently have with inner pain and disturbance. Now peace and love will run your life. When you pass beyond the layer of pain, you will finally be free from the binds of the psyche. Laura, thank you so much for that beautifully written email and for your vulnerability in sharing that and asking the question. Trust you are going to be making all the best decisions, and I can't wait to see what you create. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.